welcome to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White. I'm Hardy White. Join me now for a full hour as I keep you company, as we form a company, as we cooperate to make a sort of widget of the mind. Yeah. It's like that thing in high school. What's that thing in high school where you form a little company and you all make a thing and then you market it and everything? It's not like that at all. Whatever that is, this isn't that. talk all night, don't want to sleep all night, don't want to do anything all night, is that alright? Get this, I got restless head syndrome, if I didn't live here I'd walk home in some manic fit alone, then when I'm gone I'd get lonely again and panic and head back instead, I'm suggesting we rest and picnic in the dark outside. That'll be alright before I change gear and veer off into another direction, suddenly we're in the children's section of the bookstore buying goodnight moon, look more books helping you sleep deep into the night we creep, a couple of real wanderers, sleepwalkers, night talkers, sleep talkers, ponderers of the big question that the sun has to be gone for, all before dawn, on a night mission to the planet of dreams. We're on a night mission to the planet of dreams. Night mission. Planet of dreams. When I was a young child in this very neighborhood, I remember that the breakfast pretzel trucks would come around. And all the children would run towards that familiar sound. Bing, 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 bing. Und die Trachter im Gesicht have a pretzel, they would declare. And we would come out for them. And one of the pretzel trucks had a whimsical name. It was called Elvis Pretzely. Elvis Pretzely. And it had a cartoon pretzel on the side. And the pretzel had Elvis's hairstyle, which is a pompadour or a D.A. maybe. That's duck's anus, named after its similarity to a mallard's vent. Isn't that funny how things that are repulsive like that, like a butthole or something, can become a hairstyle? And the children would swarm the pretzel truck. And I mean swarm. They would surround it in these large crowds and close in on it. You couldn't even see the truck. And then the crowd would disperse and the truck would be gone because they'd consumed it all like ants on a sugar cube. And the reason is, is because the pretzel essence, the pretzel smell had permeated everything in the truck. And the children no longer knew the difference between the vehicle of the treat and the treat itself. So they ate the thing that brought it. Now, isn't this just the way that we do with art? Oh, I'm not so sure. My childhood memories also could be very wrong. While there probably was a system of tunnels under the neighborhood we lived in, there needs to be to usher away the poop, I don't know that any creatures lived in there, especially alligator people. You say, oh, the myth of alligators living in the sewer, that's very old. People would say, oh, you'd buy one of these alligators in Florida, a small baby, a dehydrated one even, not even live, and you bring that home and you go, oh, I'm flushing it. Well, the water rehydrates it and 
you know, alligators, to my knowledge, are like um, little water bears or whatever they're called. And they pop, they pop back to life. Isn't that amazing? And so uh, they go into the system of tunnels. Now, that's a myth we all have heard. But I remember hearing that there were alligator people. Like, I, I don't know whether they're actual alligators or actual people. You know how we give names to things like that that are unfamiliar. They could just be sort of some reptilian race or something. So we go, alligator people. Well, that's not fair because they're really not related, maybe genetically, to either. And if they are imaginary beings, come on now, not even close. So they lived down there. And my recollection is that they had been the descendants of the alligator people that had lived on coastal Florida when the coast was much bigger. And then as the seas rose, they covered all the evidence of this race of alligator people who had a whole culture. Now, how do we know this? Because there's people that had contact with them, who traded with them, who would trade art. A lot of their art wasn't that good. But we, you know how you have affection for somebody and they're going, oh, buy my paintings and you buy it because you like them, and it's not, a, it's not a terrible piece of art. But you're like, hey, you know, I'm doing, I'm killing two birds with one stone here. I've got a big blemish on my wall from where I crushed the beetle, and then, so I need something to cover that, and my friend needs my help. And so I buy their art. And that is how we ran our economy in the neighborhood. That's how we could afford to keep having pretzel trucks come in. Nobody was harmed. I mean, the person driving the truck got away. Obviously, they didn't eat him, and it was always Barney. Not the character from the children's show, but that's a pretty common name. It used to be, and it comes from people that were around barns a lot. You'd go like, I smell something. I smell a, it's an outdoor field trip. What am I associating? And you go, it's a barn. You smell a barn. That's right. And that's how you, uh, we're going to call this fellow Barney because stally doesn't sound right or anything like that. Manure is a mouthful. So, and then he drives the truck. He drives the pretzel truck. And get, these are crispy pretzels, soft pretzels, because you probably are you're thinking, oh, they were soft pretzels. Every type, every type of pretzel. Did anybody ever say to you, say, oh, what kind of snacks you got? And they say pretzels, and you get, get real excited. You go, hot dog, and they bring you something, and it's maybe, it's whole wheat, which is fine, and, and then it's it got sesame seeds instead of salt, which is now you're veering even, and it's got a honey flavor. Now you're veering, veering wildly from pretzel, from established with it. I'm not saying it's not a bad thing. I'm just saying, what about the limitations of language? Am I right? That we only have... Come on, come up with other words. And I'm not, uh, you know, a purist. I'm just saying let's avoid confusion, right? You know, if you say you have, do you like fruit? Yes, here, have this. But this is a rock. Well, we didn't have another word, so we just also call that fruit. See, it has nothing to do with being a a fruit purist. It has to do with trying to prevent people from breaking their teeth on a mineral when they think, it's something that's edible or think it's food. Now, I bring this story to you. I, bring, I say that to you because I like to speak in not parables, not riddles. What are they? 
inkblot tests. I like to Rorschachly speak to you. You say, what do, what do you see in what I'm saying? And then you tell me, and I go, oh, God, Lord, that's telling. And you go, what do you mean? You go, nothing. And you go, what are you saying? I'm just, you're telling me a lot about yourself. What? <laughs> you, you, you have ears. No, I don't do that to people. But uh, I confuse myself that way. That's my inner dialogue. Can you imagine? As I'm recollecting these stories from my childhood, because I wanted to, dredge is a terrible word. But that's what I'm doing, really. I'm dredging them up from the muddy bottom of my river, of my memories. There it is. It's like when the Thames goes dry or something. Does it do that? Am I imagining this? Or it goes low tide or something, and people go out and they go, look, I found dentures from the 18th century. You know, it's fantastic. Look. But you need to turn them in because they're ivory. All sorts of things like that. You can find teeth in mud. And I never thought that was possible. But that's what happens a lot of times when we go looking for our memories. We go back in there, say, I'm going to recall some stuff, especially because my therapist said, keep a diary of things that you aren't sure whether they happened or not. And I go, I will do that. I mean, I won't literally do it because I can't write anything down. I've, I've said that before. I, had a, I went to a psychologist and I said, he was saying stuff like that. And I said, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm not really looking for homework. And I would list, even though that's not an active stressor in my life right now, it's when I recall being a stressor at a time when I was required to do that. And so now what I'm looking for is something more therapeutic than the pressure to do a writing assignment or something like that in so many words. Am I going to be graded? I might even do better if I'm graded. Could you grade my feelings, I said. Could you, I would like to come in here and say, today you're, you're B minus. I go, okay, try, try harder. Uh, and I, no, I know that's not the way it works. And I don't mean to make fun of something. I'm not making fun of it. I'm just telling you. Uh, do you believe in, people ask me that about stuff all the time. And it's uh, really a non, I think it's a nonsensical question. But nobody ever asked me that. Thank goodness. I say they ask me it all the time. I say I say that, but it's just the opposite. It's not anything that anybody ever asks me. I wonder why I said that. Probably it's a fear that I'll be asked if I believe in a thing or not. And that's a very hard question to answer. Because they'll, they'll, if they're an adversary, they'll be going, you don't believe in a cup or something like that. And they go, I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, I don't know what we're talking about, really. I don't know what the rules are, because I, I can go deep or superficial, or I can do adversarial. How do you want to communicate? I don't even know. Are we trying to agree? That, see, that's a problem in public dialogue, in, in public conversation. Are we trying to agree to something? Are we trying to find a truth? Are we trying to do battle? Are we trying to better one another? Are we trying to confuse things? I don't even understand. You don't even understand what kind of communication you're engaged in. So to ask someone a question, they'll say something back to you. You go, I don't know whether that's a, a sincere answer or whether we're playing a game or it's just hard to know. So they might as well just be saying nonsense. So this is why I say nonsense, because then you won't have to figure it out. So now it's hardy. Where is he coming from? 
Are we having a real dialogue? Are we trying to both communicate and get to an ultimate truth? And to do that, you might have to be wrong sometimes. So say, I was wrong about this, I'm right about that. Am I trying to manipulate? Am I trying to uh, uh, please advertisers or something that they want me to say a certain thing so you'll get a certain liquid yogurt or something, breakfast drink that you love, which I have every morning. When I don't have enough time for a real breakfast, you know, y'all, you've listened to this nutrition show, you know, y'all, that I reach for a liquid yogurt uh, beverage like uh, they have in, in Europe, where they just guzzle it, drink it down like that. They don't got time for spoons. No time for spoons in Europe. So everything you drink, is a, everything is a drink. And uh, it, it can be that way. Listen, I have uh, no idea then um, what you expect, and so what I should give you is absolute nonsense. And the, the reason that, that's not absolute, but it should present is it's nonsense adjacent, as the kids would say. Uh, and, and why is that? Well, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why that is. Because if communication has been confused for you, if you don't really know what you're hearing or why you're hearing it, or whether someone's on your side or not, or whether you're, someone's trying to persuade you or confuse you, or I love the uh, gas. I've never heard the word gaslight hasn't been used so much since the movie came out. Or since they invented gas and lights. So some you're trying to you're trying to make me crazy. And here's the uh, yes, except that the uh, campaign to actively try to make you crazy, try to short circuit your brain has been going on for for decades and maybe even longer. So there you go. I don't want to tell you I'm, it's not like I'm super in the know. People were pretty much upfront about it that uh, using all language and public communications to manipulate. And there was no such thing as any kind of uncompromised public declaration. Everything had motives. So isn't that interesting? Um, otherwise, it would have no value. Oh, and certainly nonsense would have no value. That's why, please, Mr. and, and uh, whatever honorific you want to say, I don't know who owns the record stores now, but if you're if you're taking this, this isn't a record, it's a radio show, but let's say it's a record and you're putting it in your record store and you got to put it in a category, it's clearly not reggae or dub, so what are you going to put it in? You go, oh, I'll put this in, spoke. no, don't put it in spoken word, God, no, please, it's not that, oh, oh, I love you so much, I'm, this is not, I know it sounds like it's spoken word, but... If it ever went into the spoken word bin, I'm not, I, know I'm, I know they sound like words, and I know it sounds like I'm speaking, but that's not what it is. It's not what it is. It isn't jazz. I'm, I know that. I'm no Ken Nordine. Uh, uh, it's not jazz, not kind of word jazz. It's not voice. Voice. They, don't have vo they already have voice jazz, and they have people doing... Um, not poo poo, scat singing and everything like that. I know that's not it. Um, but if scat does mean excrement, the sounds I make can be excluded from that descriptor. But I am just making sounds, and they are for a lot of reasons. Now, I know you like to, you say, Hardy, I like to think, but not much. And I feel like when I listen to you, I think for up to maybe there's 30 seconds of thinking, and then there's just cool down 
right? We just for another minute to get our breath. So if we were exercising, maybe 10 seconds of something that's, well, that's an that's a actual thought. Let me think about that. And then, and then we're just whatever, walking around with our hands on our hips, trying to get our breath. I mean, I know we could go more intense, but you don't need that. I mean, you, you, need, you need a break, but you, you need like active resting. And that's what this is, I think. And we used to turn to the radio all the time. And they would have elaborate dramas, yes? It wouldn't just be the sound of my voice like this, a lone person speaking. No, no, no. I mean, they had that, but not for an hour, a whole hour, no. They would have sound effects and everything. So someone, it, you would hear the sound of a bar room. And someone would say, Duffy's Tavern, where the elite meet to eat. Duffy's not here right now, or something like that. Uh, but here's a cast of comic characters, and funny things are going to happen. Hi, character number two. Character number two walks in, has a distinctive voice, because it's another actor. And that's the type of thing that we turn to, and we would shut our eyes and say, I know I'm in my living room, but I imagine I'm in Duffy's Tavern, and I'm sitting there with my friends on the bar stool like that. And we're just having a fun time. There's confusion. We thought a person coming in was an actual princess, but it turns out that they just work for a place called Princess Bakery or something like that. Maybe the, the fruit princess. Because every fruit had royalty sometimes back then. They'd say, oh, who are you? I'm the king of cantaloupes. And it would be a local celebration if you had an agricultural-based Area like that. I don't know if they still do that. You know, Soybean Princess, that was a real title. And I don't know if they had power or anything like that. But there would be strategic marriages between, here's the, the I heard the pretzel king is going to marry the soybean princess. Yes, and then they're going to have little children are going to be those sesame seed covered honey wheat pretzels. Which is a byproduct of that. Oh, all of Europe was created by trying to make recipes with people. So what ingredients go together? But they just kept saying, flour, white flour, more white flour, like that. If they diversified, maybe. But, oh, I tell you, you can't make recipes with people. We are not salad ingredients, oh, no. But I would invite you to gather around me right now on the boardwalk at this grocery store and witness this invention, this marvel of modern technology. Now, I know you have tried to slice things in your kitchen using a knife. And I know that you have tried to slice things using a device that has razor blades on it, and you've end up losing at least some flesh part of your hand, either your fingertips or the fleshy part of your palm or something like that is sliced off, just right gone right there with the carrot, bloody hand flesh. Well, no more, because now we have, a, it's not a laser slicer, it's not a sonic slicer, it's a slicer using the power of the mind. I will take this ordinary radish, and I will divide the radish up into anything I can imagine. It doesn't have to be slices. Oh, no, it can be tiny little cubes, microscopic cubes, because I'm using my mind. You understand, y'all? I'm not using metal or anything like that. I'm not using a radar blade. I'm using nothing gross, nothing coarse. I'm using the most subtle thing there is. I'm using my very imagination. Now, why do you need a radish divided into tiny cubes? See, I don't. That's the whole point.
That's the whole point, and that's why I had you come now. See, you're walking away from me in the grocery store boardwalk because you are frightened because you have never heard such an aggressive bally. And I'm sorry. And now I would like to switch to selling you one of these glider planes or one of these fuzzy little worms that looks like it's crawling between your fingers, but it's actually attached to some filament that's attached to my button. No, I'm not here to sell. That's why, my friends, oh, my friends, I love you. I'm a soft touch, I gotta say. I'd be a terrible villain or just some judge that kills everybody. I guess I'd be bad at that. Because, boy, I tell you, I mostly, I mostly have a soft spot for people. Say, so you're really? Yeah, even the ones that are losers? It's a hard thing to get through this life. You know, and people have all sorts of challenges, and you just don't know how you would handle them. Because, you know, there's, it's complicated. It, we reduce it to instances, like the decisions. So that person made this decision. But there's the, all sorts of subtle things in their experience and who they are, where they came from, how they're treated. You'll never understand. And you say, well, you're saying you can't judge? No, I'm not saying anything. That's the funny thing. Isn't that everyone's, that's people's reaction to just asking you to look. So I don't, well, if I look at reality, then it might persuade me to do something else. I never said that. I never said it should persuade you to do anything. But isn't it funny that it's that difficult? We find it's pushback when you just ask people to look at circumstances or to think about consequences. And then you realize that thinking about consequences is dangerous, that it's a threat to people who don't want you to think about consequences. And who is that? Well, if I value manipulating people, and a lot of people do, then I would never want them to think anything through. I'd want them to just trust me. Because consequences, I mean really, and it you have to look hard at reality. It means, you know, even criticizing yourselves or seeing the real truth is uncomfortable. It's tough to be a prophet. And that's what a prophet is, someone who can see so clear-eyed that there's no way they'd have to put, you have to subvert your whole ego. It's impossible to do. You say, how do I see the future clearly? I must accept things that are difficult to accept then and see with a vision that would require so much courage that no human can do it. But occasionally you get little glimpses and you say, oh, Lord, oh, this is what will happen if I do this. Oh, and I've thought about it just on a small scale. It's changed my behavior because I started to think, what is the price for my small my small outbursts of anger, you know, and I mean like at strangers, like driving, for instance. When I, I, and I don't really drive much anymore because I don't have a car anymore, but when I did drive, I was like, here's a good time to think about just what you send out in the world, even the smallest thing. And, uh, the pushback would be if somebody was saying, oh, well, you're supposed to think about every small thing you do, you'd be paralyzed. Well, of course not. You don't want to be paralyzed. That goes without saying. I'm just saying that, you know, if you really use your mind and your eyes and everything, oh, you know, be prepared. Be prepared. You'll jump back into 
not wanting to see again sometimes. But there's an other kind of vision too. There's two kinds, you know, there's seeing consequences. And then there's the seeing consequences like positive ones, like, in, like trying to envision something wonderful, something beautiful. And you can do that too. You need the same clear vision a lot of times. Oh, yes. You know, because it might not be you-centered. And so you must uh, imagine this beautiful future or a crazy improbable solution. You know, so how do I envision a sort of peace? Or, or how do I envision uh, people loving one another, having compassion. So, well, just start in your imagination. You don't have to tell anybody. You know, start thinking about it. You don't have to verbalize everything and you don't have to tweet everything or report in. You don't have to do that with any of your negative things, too. You can contemplate things without telling you. don't have to confess everything or tell everybody or report everything in. It's wonderful. The hive mind is wonderful. Let it, I use it to figure out recipes and things like that. But you can also, I mean, your single mind is a sort of hive mind. There's a lot going on in there. There's a lot of different voices you already have access to. So you can figure things out like that without uh, any kind of ripple effect. Because I know, haven't you ever been, this happens on uh, social media all the time, that there's, there's, uh, there's hurt. And a lot of people's solution is, well, oh, well, people need to toughen up. Well, I think it's not that. It's just that there's, this is an avenue of hurt that hasn't been opened before. You know, there's new ways to sort of like hurt. And so I don't know if everybody's prepared for it. And you can misinterpret things. Oh, haven't you done that? Somebody, you put yourself out there. Somebody jokes about it. And, you, and, you, and then, you know, things have changed. And it really does affect things and you can't go like uh well you want to <laughs> why do i always have this uh voice in my head there's something screaming at me there's so much i think goes without saying that a lot of contrary thinking needs said to it but you don't have to respond to everything here too like you don't have to have you don't have to have an opinion about anything i say and you don't have to have it immediately in real time and, you know, you don't have to have it at all. Isn't that amazing? So, because we're not having a conversation necessarily. And even if we were, I would love to have one. I, I say to the other person, you don't really have to respond. You can just listen or I can just listen. You know, there might not be anything to say back. And if I'm just saying nonsense, anyway, well, how would you know what to respond to? Let's say I was a, do you ever talk back to the funny pages? And you say, Wizard of Id, that is not true. What are you talking about? I do that all the time. Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to think of something like funny pages. I haven't read them in a while. But I assume that people have passed on their character. Oh, uh, Hagar the Horrible, who's... Dick Brown's, like, great-grandchildren must be doing it at this point or something like that. I don't even know. It'd be funny if it was somebody was still doing the yellow kid or whatever the, 
turn-of-the-century cartoon was. Who's doing Little Nemo now? Well, nobody. And uh, shouldn't I don't know if you inherit that. It's beautiful. Uh, you should. I, I think it should belong to everybody after that happens. I know we like to keep copyright on a character. And I love that. And everybody who's done Nancy since Bushmiller's fine. No, no complaints. Just like I think it should have just been Bushmiller dies and Nancy belongs to us. Like, you know. And then, because it would be, she's a great thing to spray paint if we have a, some kind of revolution or civil war or something. Somebody, whoever gets Nancy is going to, that's going to be cool. Like, man, they were here and they spray painted Nancy. I don't know if that'll happen. You know, I don't want that sort of thing to happen. But I'm always thinking about the worst case scenarios, you know, like that. But I also think about the best case ones. And uh, so just thinking make it so. Well, it does with making coffee and things like that. I got to think about making the coffee and then it just, it gets done. But it doesn't get done sort of without thinking about it. I mean, maybe I ought to ha add a habit, but some things, the bills don't get paid. I have to actively think about that. So that, you know, well, don't you have the direct deposit thing? Well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't actively think about anything anymore. Maybe I just sit here and think, gosh, there's nothing on Netflix. And then I'll just go through another whole series. And go, oh, that was unsatisfying. They suck you in. They go, I'm so interested in these characters. And then with just a few episodes in, I'm always like, I don't care about any of these people, which is also helpful, I guess. Thank you, all of these TV series that have helped me slightly detach from humanity. At least it makes me feel like, oh, everything is going to be just the same. You know, even after I'm gone. That's a nice sense of, I mean, you know, weird, things get stranger just because we're always living on the cusp of the future but it won't be strange soon it'll all be normal everything everything weird is normalized like i said it's just a an illusion of time oh i'm so glad to be with you and our time here together oh is that an illusion it may be too yes i'll tell you when those pretzel trucks would pull away and sometimes they did. Sometimes they got away from the crowd. Sometimes the crowd would bite into the side of that truck thinking it was going to be a nice crispy pretzel, something salty, something that was all crunch and no real substance. They would run into metal. They would run into paint. They would run into fiberglass. They would run into rubber. And they would awaken for a minute. They would think, I'm eating the outside of the truck and not the yummy pretzely interior. And they'd pull back, and the crowd would pull back, and you'd see the truck drive away, and Barney would drive away. Barney would hit the gas, and pretzels would fly out of the back of the truck, and we'd take them, and we'd eat them. And we'd go, this is what we wanted. And this is what we want from you, Hardy. What? Snacks. I can give you snacks. I can give you snacks for your heart, I think. I won't able to give you good nutrition. I, I wish I could. I wish I could change the world in the way you think. I wish I could take all your problems away and your struggles. Or I wish I could just make them so light that it didn't heavy your heart, that you weren't struggling sometimes to just to want to live. Oh, if I could take that away from you with a, a really good, sustaining meal of the mind, I, could, I would do that. But I have this feeling. I have this feeling that I will forever 
be giving you handicap hot fries psychologically, spiritually, and that's all right. Sometimes you need that. You go, what's in the, I'm so hungry, we're on this long car trip. What are my options, you say to the person in the passenger seat? And they say, we have these crackers that have the peanut butter inside. And they go, what else? And they go, we have these ones that have the cheese inside. So you go, what, what else do we have? So we have these things that are nuts, but they're made out of non-nut. What? We have nuts that are made out of things that aren't nut. What does that mean? We have nuts made out of seeds. Okay. Do we have anything made out of nuts? Yeah. What? Meat. Nut meat? No, not nut meat. Meat, that's nuts. That's crazy. Yes, it is. What else do we have? We have a type of chip. It calls itself a chip, but it's clearly not a chip. What do you mean? It's a kind of a fried wheat thing. Okay, what else? Uh, grapes. No, no, no. What kind of grapes? The kind that nobody likes. All right, what else? Um, that's about it. I got, I, um, let's see, is there anything? Oh, we have this. What is that? It's turkey jerky, but it's not turkey. Oh, what is it then? It's synthetic. Oh, what do you mean? It's like vegetable? No, it's not vegetable. It's uh, it's made of um, petroleum. Isn't that just rubber? Yeah, it's rubber. <laughs> okay. So we don't have any kind of turkey jerky. No. Right on. Right on, my friend. At least keep hydrated. Hand me the water. Here's the water. I can always give you water. Water is just me being here. Water is the minimum, and that's me showing up, saying I love you, talking for an hour, and that will quench your thirst. Doesn't seem like it is, but if you're lonely, oh, you'll take anything. If you're lonely, just need to get that, rinse that mouth out. You know, you know you not, might not get a whole meal. Oh, but if I can give you just a little, if I can wet your whistle, if you come to me in the desert and you say, Hardy, what do you have? And you say, well, I have this novelty sponge, but it recently had water on it, and it, I think it's clean water. So if you wring out this novelty sponge into your mouth, you, you might be temporarily sated. I have no agenda. I have no script. I know. No, you don't know. I'm pretty sure I know. You don't know, though, because I could have an outline. Do you? Do I? What if I said I did have an outline and it was shaped like a pretzel? That I had drawn a pretzel. And I had on certain points on this pretzel, which is a sort of knot, okay, uh, made a label. And that I was, in a three-dimensional way, in a mathematical way, mapping out what I was going to say to you as a way of penetrating your consciousness. But getting in there and conveying some sort of beneficial message, trying to change the world, trying to change your world to make it a little bit better for you. And how I know that I can make it better for you is because it isn't me making it better for you. It's you. You know you. Know you. You know you. I don't know you. You know you. And you don't have to report back to me. So if I say to you, who I don't know, 
right? Can I clear? Let's do this like a magic trick. Do I know you? No. You know me, Artie. Okay, well, uh, just, for, just for a second then. We can act like I don't because I can't see you right now. Okay. So do I know you? No. So listen, so if whether I get this right or wrong or whether this works or doesn't, I won't know, you know, you won't tell me. Don't tell me. You don't have to tell me. But if I'm just saying to you as a person uh, to, to love and be kind and forgive yourself and that that is uh, your right. And you say, oh, who's giving me that right? Just take it. Say, I don't have to depend on others necessarily for my uh, feeling of being okay. That's what I say. I had to do. This is just me. Well, you don't talk back so you don't have to say anything. And I could be wrong. But I'm just saying when I, uh, when I love myself less, all right, I was saying something to those who loved me that I didn't want to say. And then I wanted to love myself the way that they did. And then I found that wasn't terribly hard because uh, it was all, you know, a lot of it was, was me. I said, oh, it's easy to say that. It is easy to say that. But see, you don't have to say anything out loud. That's the thing. I think you think you have to then say it out loud or show it. But you can secretly, it can be a secret between you and you. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell anybody. You can publicly say that you loathe yourself or something as a way of gaining uh, uh, absolution or something or acknowledging your faults or whatever. I don't know. But inside, secretly, you can say, hey, you know, I remember little me or something like that, or I'm, I'm going to be on my side. And maybe I'd be a better friend and neighbor and everything if I'm not, you know, if I respect me first. And that's a lifetime getting there probably. So, well, well now I feel bad that I can't do it. See, this is all about you not having to say that or say anything to me. This is all about pretzel trucks. You know, just take the damn pretzel. And you don't have to acknowledge that the truck, it's a breakfast pretzel. You don't tell anybody you had pretzels for breakfast. It's not perfect. It's something. There's some pleasure in it. Even. The evidence of it will be gone completely. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things that you ate pretzels for breakfast. And uh, it's all mistaken childhood memories at the end of the day. Oh, I love when you come on journeys with me. And I know this street map is strangely shaped. And it's, hey, a pretzel can be a pretzel stick. So a knot can be a straight line. Things don't have to cross over themselves. And they don't even, you know, a pretzel really is, is an overlap. Not really a proper, is it a proper knot even? I've, I've only made them a couple times. Oh yes, you can make pretzels. You can really make anything. I made, one time I made 
um, quartz. But I needed a whole world and universe and many, many years to do it. No, that's not. I'm thinking of, of uh, what am I thinking? I'm thinking of the actual universe and not me. Because I'm part of the universe, sometimes I think I am it, but I'm not. I always err on that side of thinking I'm part of, I am something that I'm part of. You know, I am humanity. Or I am, you know, the center of the universe. Or I am, you know. But I'm part of those things, and I feel, you know, blessed to be in the group. So uh, I'm blessed to be in your group and to share memories with you. How many are we going to make together? Can we make some memories right now? Remember when we made the big hats? We did make hats. We made hats out of funny things that we had laying around the house. Remember when we made hats out of other hats? Yes. We put a hat on our head and imagined it was a hat, but a different type of hat. So let's say you put a cowboy hat on your head and you go, I'm a baseball player, like that. That's really stretching it. But you don't have to start from scratch all the time with your uh, imagining. I like to do it in, in stages even. Uh, I like to do everything in, in small parts, and then all of a sudden you've, you've put the whole thing together, like a puzzle. You know, if you just do one piece every day, well, if it's a thousand-piece puzzle, I can do the math. The math's easy, but it's several, it's a couple years. Um, that's a lot of entertainment. So, oh, I'm getting close to the end. Only a couple days left. I wonder what it is. No, you already know what it is because it's, uh, you know, doing a puzzle is like watching Columbo. You know what I mean? Because, you know, like you have it on the, the pictures on the box. And you go, oh, okay. So it's a mountain scene. It's Mount Fuji. So when you're putting it together, it's not a surprise. You don't put the puzzle together and you go, oh, it's Mount Fuji. It's Mount Fuji did it. No, you already know who did it. And then you put it together. The fun is putting all the puzzle pieces together, isn't it? Now, what's that like, Hardy, in life? Can you draw an analogy to something? Isn't that like wa like washing our back in the shower? Have you ever tried to do this? It's easier to wash someone else's back, but it's really difficult to get someone to take a shower with you, even if you know them. You know, take a shower with me. No. So that's the thing. I'm not getting weird or anything. I'm just saying there's some things like thinking or like thought experiments that are just solo operations, even if, you know, even if you could cajole someone into doing it with you, a lot of times just contemplating things is a wonderful thing to do alone. I like doing it outside, you know, in a beautiful setting. I'll go out into the woods and then I'll sit down somewhere and I'll look around and I'll think, you know, life is just a, where am I? And then panic will set in because I realize I've wandered too far. And then I go, where am I? Ah, and I start just start feeling dread. And I, I think, how am I going to get out of here? How am I going to? I don't know where I am in the woods. And I think, calm down. Calm down, Hardy. When you're lost in the woods, this is what you do. You start by making a home camp. It's going to be this little rock I was sitting on. And I'm going to walk out in every direction. I'm going to walk out a certain number of steps. Then I'm going to come back. So I'm going to walk north. 20 steps, then I'm going to walk back 20 steps to where I was. And then I'm going to walk south 20 steps. I'm going to walk back. And I'm going to do this in different directions and and until and I can kind of 
you know, see if I can see where I am like that. And I'll just keep doing that and coming back until I find, you know, where I was. And um, you say, well, that seems sort of tedious. And I go, yes, but it's logical. If I just set out in one direction and say, I'm just going to gamble, it's this way, I could be forever lost. It's better to take all that time and just to think it out. I won't tell you where I got that idea because the person who, who originated that idea is problematic, but I'll go into that. That's a long story. Oh, you can get, it's interesting, you can get decent ideas out of the garbage, so to speak. So that's my, that's what I say about art. So I go, oh, that, that artist is problematic. You can get whole shrimp dinners out of the garbage. Think about that. And isn't it a waste not to? So, I mean, you don't have to bring the garbage into your house, but my, my, you know, salvage those unopened fritos. So that's the way I look at the world. And, 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 and you should too, because uh, what if you, oh, what if you can't stand me and then I say something valuable to you? And it might be like, so it might be specific to you too. You might have a little problem there, but you shouldn't. Why would you? I mean, what if, you, what if somebody made a really good sandwich or something and you're kind of like, man, I just can't stand the chef. I don't think they mean me harm, so I just don't like them. But these sandwiches are good. So you really should. Uh, you shouldn't not eat the sandwich because the chef annoys you. You know? That's it. You want another sandwich? Or so maybe it's just the voice. Can you imagine that? Would you go to it? That'd be a fun thing to say, oh, I want you to come here. My preacher. My preacher is so inspirational. <gasps> and just says the wise I've never heard. Another individual says such wise things, and so you go and you sit there, and a person comes out, and they go, oh, hello, everybody, everybody, hello, like that, and you go, oh, no, what's going to go? That's, uh, I don't think I can sit here for how long it's going to take. So I wonder if I can sift through, but, you know, art is like that, too. Go to an art museum. I've spent time in front of paintings I'm not sure about. Because I just like the, I like where I'm going. I like the direction I'm going. I like the trip it's taking me on. It doesn't have to be, you know, it's making me think about stuff a little bit. And even if I'm thinking about how ugly it is, that's still something. And if I have to justify it to myself, that's an interesting internal conversation I don't mind having. I really don't mind thinking about stuff. Ah, sometimes I'm guided by the visceral and my guts will come out of my body. My intestines will pile up on the floor and then form themselves into an individual made entirely of guts, and they'll go, I don't think we ought to do it, like that. And I go, I don't know, guts. And, um, and I talk to them like that. But other times I like to say, hey, guts, I want you to tell it to brain, and then we're going to do this as a decision together. That's going to take forever. Just do it. I'm having a sit-down with all the heads of the families. Guts, you're here. Yes. Brain, you're here. Yes. Reproductive organs. Yeah. So, you know, oh, we're all here. So let's have a, and then we have a meeting, and we decide what to do. And uh, you might, you probably have that one all the time. Isn't that beautiful? And it keeps things, and then the cops are there too, your internal 
regulator and everything. So it's just like those shows where the Yakuza and the cops have meetings together. There's a bunch of, there's uh, 50 of those. I just counted really quickly. So, uh, and I love it. I love all entertainment or a wash in it. It's just everywhere. It's a, you breathe in and you, bre- you get a whole limited series up your nose. It's amazing. It's just, it's like pollen. And uh, I think we're living in a, in a really special, special time. I don't want to assign any kind of special metal to it, any precious metal. So I don't know. It's a platinum golden times. Who knows what, what shade of time it is. I think it's like a black obelisk, you know, kind of time. You just, it's, uh, you see your reflection in it. It's like looking into to dark marble. You say, what is that I see in it? Oh, it's my own face. It's my own, look at me. It's my mortality. Looking back, oh, it's oh, temporarily suspended. Oh, we're going to live in the moment. Oh, we're alive right now. Right now you're alive. Right this minute. Oh, it's eternal with me. We are together and we are alive and we may not be tomorrow and we weren't at some point in the yesterday. Not literally yesterday, but I mean before we were babies. Before we lived in this neighborhood. Before the breakfast pretzel trucks. Before all of that. You know, there's a time in the beginning when the world seems complicated. And then there's a time in the middle where you think you know what's going on. And so you get on social media and you type that a lot. And then one day you wake up and you think, "Uh uh-oh, I have no idea what's going on. I feel like I know less than I did as a child because then I could turn to people that had been here and say, well, you would know you've been here. Now I know that no one knows. Now I know that I'm surrounded by the confused. I think some people know, think they know they know, but deep down, oh, deep down in their hearts, that's not the way they act. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. It frightens me sometimes. But it also gives me joy and makes me feel liberated. So I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. I am alive. That's what's going on. That's this strange feeling. This feeling of fear. It's life. It's, it's life. This feeling of joy. It's life. This feeling of terror. Life. This pain. This physical pain. Life. This mental, emotional pain. Life. This emotional... Uh, beauty and uh, uh, feelings of uh, ecstasy. That's life and drugs. No, I think it's just still life. Okay, sorry. And um, my goodness, <laughs> it is. It's being, some of it's being with you. I'm not going to lie to you. Our relationship has changed me. I am different than when I first started speaking with you. And I hope that I've continue to be different and I don't have to hope because of course I will because rotting is also change everything is change and we'd like to think it's growth and everything but it's really just wonderful mutation just riding a river and sometimes you know where it's going and sometimes you don't 
And all I know is I believe a couple things and I'm going to hold on to them and I'm going to use them as guiding principles. And one of them is that you feel things too. Somehow we are connected, that we may be different people. And, and maybe I could make some excuse that you are wholly other. You don't have feelings, but I know deep down that you do because you can make me feel joy. And I know I can make you feel joy. I've seen it. And you can make me feel pain and I can make you feel pain. So I know that we are connected somehow. And I know that I vote for joy. And I will not change that opinion probably because it keeps getting reinforced. And I would like to continue it. And so I try to guide my behavior and my words using that knowledge, something I really do think is clear, clear feeling. I'll tell you why, because it doesn't feel like it benefits me necessarily. And it also doesn't feel like it punishes me. It just feels like a neutral truth, something that's undeniable. And I could sit here and come up with scientific reasons or religious reasons or mystical reasons or anything else like that. But I am appealing to your experience. Don't tell me, or you do tell me, you can tell me whatever you want, but I find that other human beings are connected to me, make me feel things, I can make them feel things, I can make their life better or worse, and they have that power, and some of them have that power more than others. Some of them I have given that power to, some of them have taken that power. Some of them have assigned themselves to have power over me that I have not given my consent to. And I understand that. So there's all that to deal with as well. Do I have power over others? And if so, what are my responsibilities then? How can I help this situation? Help both of us. I never feel like I'm doing anything for a grander reason other than we could be better and feel better and do better. I think it's possible. I think it's possible to have less human-caused suffering. I'm not sure how to get rid of cancer and I'm not sure how to get rid of volcanoes or whether we even should. But I know some of the problems and pain that I have seen have been brought forth by human beings deciding to do that. And I would like to submit that we decide to do something different. And so I don't know how you have to see yourself in order to survive this, but you're already mighty. You're already brilliant. You're already amazing for being alive. So if you think you have something to prove by having dominion over another human being, by bullying or causing suffering or pain, if that's what you think gives you power, I say, oh, please, my beautiful sibling, change your mind. It's not. We have it all. We are all, we're all you don't have to, to do that. In fact, you could use it to uh, make yourself and others feel even better. I'm telling you it's possible and just privately imagine things.
set yourself free from whatever has got their uh, foot on your inside neck. I can't believe that you listen to me. I don't. I don't listen to you. I mean, I don't. I, I didn't mean that. That you do what I say. Oh yeah. I mean, I can't believe sometimes that you're physically hearing my words because it's a dream come true for me. I want to use them in all sorts of ways, but mostly I want to say things that I want to hear, and I hope you do too because, oh, I Gosh, I hear so much that makes me sad or scares me. And I think about, uh, you know, I, I know this sounds dumb and cliche and everything, but I always think about, like, you know, uh, I've still got some little kid in me. You know, I still feel like a child in many ways. And I think, geez, how would this affect a child? You know, what am I showing to any children in my life as well? You know, I feel like uh, not everybody, but... A lot of us, you know, hold children blameless. <laughs> they did just get here. And so I try to think, what am I, what am I saying? What am I showing to, my, to, to children around me and the child in myself? And I, then I, I, get, I get a sort of strength. And I think, oh, my gosh, you know, I feel... Uh, I feel made larger by the expectations of, of love. And uh, you do that too. You, you give me love. You show me love. You show me respect. And it lifts me up like water would a ship. It just makes the, the tide higher. And then I'm, I'm buoyed by it. I'm carried up. You lift me up. And you do that on purpose. You don't have to do it. No one's making you do it. All of this endeavor has nothing to do with anything but absolute, but pure affection for one another. There's no commerce between us. And there's no, uh, you know, no one's getting any uh, cred, <laughs> you know. We're just here. You're not, you're not, uh, no one will think you uh, hip or in the know or anything. You're not given anything real knowledge. It's just a relationship that makes us both feel better. And I don't, that is huge to me in my world. Just huge. So huge. Much bigger than a temporary stimulus that other things give you. You know, objects, things like that. So thank you so much for being with me and uh, letting me into your uh, hearts and your ears. And you are listening to Miracle Nutrition on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 91.9 in New York City, New York, and Rockland County, New York, and online at WFMU.org. Worldwide. Oh my gosh, I thank you so much, and I will see you again next week.
niggas ever me. Her name was Mahogany. Twins niggas ever me. Her name was Mahogany. Twins niggas ever me.
Thank you.